Step aside, Fred Mertz. I got a new favorite character in town. It's time for the anniversary present. Hello, my beautiful Tropicanas. Welcome back to The Ricardo Project, the podcast where we watch through I Love Lucy episode by episode and talk about its historical, emotional, and comedic impact. My name is Dana. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Today, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 3, The Anniversary Present, which premiered 70 years ago today on September 29th, 1952. No big announcements today. Let's get into The Anniversary Present. So, so we're starting at Exposition Corner. Ricky is waking up. Lucy has come into the bedroom with two cups of coffee, which she thinks are for him, but they're actually for painters who are painting the building outside. So Lucy goes to make breakfast, and while she's in the kitchen, Ricky takes the opportunity to sneakily call their neighbor, Grace Foster, who, the last time we heard of her, she was a blonde, but she's now a lovely brunette, and he asks for her help buying a string of pearls for their wedding anniversary that's coming up. She works at a jewelry store, and he wants her employee discount, and... Grace is honestly the coolest, nicest woman in the world because she says yes to this right away. She is game to trick Lucy and to lie to her and to just get the surprise gift going. So I can see what Mr. Foster was so upset about when he thought that um, she was running away with the milkman because, like, I wouldn't want her to leave either. I love this character. She seems like the very best of friends. So Lucy comes in while Ricky is finishing up his phone call, and he panics, and he pretends that he's talking to a tuba player named Sam. He also mimes playing the tuba, but it looks more like this demented cello, so he's clearly got absolutely zero chill. So now we follow Lucy to the kitchen. She's making rice for breakfast, and she tells Ethel that it's a hint to remind Ricky of their anniversary because she doesn't believe that he'll remember. She's also left her wedding ring by his plate and has the date on the calendar circled. Ethel tries to bring up that maybe she should just, like, talk to him about this. And Lucy gets very offended and says that that would just be ridiculous. So instead, it's these silly little mind games. So Ricky comes in, and he acts really thrilled to be eating rice for breakfast because it reminds him of Cuba. I would like to note that he puts butter and salt on his rice, which is my preference for eating rice as well. So I guess I have to begrudgingly admit that Ricky and I have something in common. (laughs) So Lucy is forced to move on to aggressively checking the calendar and asking Ricky, why could this date possibly be circled? And he plays dumb. He thinks this is hilarious that she's like so desperate for him to remember their anniversary. And he just continues to pretend like he doesn't know what's going on. And Lucy gets increasingly desperate. And it culminates in her carrying a bushel of carrots like a wedding bouquet, throwing a napkin on her head and loudly singing the wedding march. At which point, you know, it seems very obvious that Ricky's going to have to say, oh, our anniversary. So instead, he just, again, runs out the door and says he's going to go see Fred when he's actually going to Grace's apartment to look at Pearl's. And of course, Fred comes in just a second later looking for Ricky. So Lucy sends him back out to find him because apparently, you know, now they're looking for each other. This is very farcical, very British humor, noises off style. I always love this kind of thing. When Ricky comes back, he lies and he says that he and Fred did chat for just a second and then leaves again. Um, Very proud of himself for fooling Lucy. But then Fred comes in again and he says he never saw Ricky. And Lucy thinks it's weird, but she's like, "Eh, whatever. But then Ethel comes in looking like super dramatic. 
This is yet again another notch in the belt of Ethel has absolutely no chill. This reminds me of in, um, what is it, Lucy thinks Ricky's trying to murder her, where she learns how to read cards, and when she gets the ace of spades that means death, she, like, screams and then says, oh, nothing's wrong. Like, she's just really bad at playing cool. So she tells Lucy that she saw Ricky go into the Foster apartment and that Bill Foster is out of town, and there's only one conclusion to come to with this information. So, of course, Lucy just lets out her classic Lucy wail. And Ethel tries to talk Lucy out of being sad, but it's like, Ethel, you're the one who brought this on her. You're the one who made this a thing anyway. You don't get to then talk her out of having an emotional response. And it doesn't work anyway, so what's the point? If it wasn't clear enough that this is a Ricky episode, we go to the Tropicana for a little song break. And Desi Arnaz is at his most shiny-haired, loose-hipped, dramatic-gesturing best. I mean, it's a lovely little performance, and it really, in my opinion, exemplifies kind of why Desi Arnaz was a sex symbol at the time. The man's got swagger. It's like they can tell when I'm getting annoyed with him in the series, and they always throw a musical number in to make me fall in love with him again, because he's he's hot. I, I don't know what to say. He's hot. And clearly his friend Julian thinks so, too, because... um. Julian from the last episode has arrived, and he also thinks that Ricky is a cheating fool, and he's doing a lot of really gross wink-wink nudge-nudging, no matter how much Ricky insists that Grace has called the club for business. So now we're back at the apartment, and Fred has finally found Ricky, who tells him his plan to get pearls from Grace, and Lucy comes out and is clearly giving Ricky the silent treatment. She looks fabulous, by the way. Of course, Grace calls. Ricky pretends it's Sam the tuba player again. And Lucy listens in on the bedroom phone, and she hears all about how they have her fooled, and she doesn't suspect a thing, without hearing that Ricky is going down to Grace's apartment again to pick out pearls. So she's completely shell-shocked when Ricky leaves, because she thinks that she's just heard a confession of an affair. Ethel comes in, Lucy sobs, but then the ladies remember who they are, and they decide to listen in on the furnace pipe. So at the foster apartment, Ricky is looking at some gorgeous pearls, and again, Grace is fantastic. She's, like, showing him all the options. She's putting them on so he can get a sense of what they'll look like. She's being a real mensch. The ladies are at the furnace pipe. We get this cute bit where they hear another couple uh, interspersed with Ricky and Grace. So conveniently, all they hear from Ricky is about how beautiful these things are, which makes Lucy feel so sad because apparently Ricky doesn't compliment her the way she thinks he's complimenting Grace. So then Ricky says he's made a choice and this is what he, and you know, he's, he's made a choice and it's, Really difficult, but he's decided to go with, and then at that exact moment, the other couple kind of comes in. So Lucy thinks that he's picking between Grace and Lucy when really he's picking a string of pearls. She gets really panicky, and she just says she has to see what's happening. And what do you know? We've got Chekhov's painters because they look up and they see the painter's work clothes, and they put them on and climb the scaffolding, which is by far the bravest and most insane thing Lucy's done to date. If you've ever lived in a city and seen those scaffolding um, things that painters or window washers have to use, it is the genuinely the most terrifying thing in the world. They dress as painters, and they get to the foster window right as... It looks like Ricky and Grace are embracing, but really Ricky's just helping Grace with a clasp. 
Lucy gets so shocked and upset that she slips, and her head gets a bucket of paint stuck on it. And Fred must have been looking out the window at the exact right moment because he runs into the foster apartment, yelling that the painters are in trouble. Although now that I'm thinking about it, how could he even have seen this? He must have been across the street or something. I don't even know, man. Maybe the landlord across the street called and was like, there's people who who look nuts and it's really scary. Anyway, he runs in. He's yelling that the painters are in trouble. And Ricky, Grace, and Fred rush to help them and get them into the apartment. And yet again, I have to say, Grace is the queen of my life because now her whole apartment is going to be covered in paint splatter. But she doesn't care. She wants to save these painters' life. And even when they see that it's Lucy, and so it's clearly some sort of a big scam, Grace is like pulling this woman in to get them to safety. Like all she cares about is their safety. And I look, obviously we'd all only care about safety, but she she is very happy the whole time to be a part of this scam. <laughs> So before Lucy explains why she was in the painter's costume in the first place, she demands to know what Ricky is doing. And he again puts on like a little act and he leads Lucy on like, oh, it's so hard. But, you know, uh, we've got to do what we've got to do. And I've decided that these are the pearls that I'm going to get you for your anniversary. And Grace jumps up and down clapping and Lucy's so happy and Lucy and Ricky kiss. It's a cute ending to the episode for sure. And the credits roll. So i mean what do we think like meh it's it's fine i think this is the first episode that i'm just kind of like meh, whatever like it's a it's it's not a bad episode it's not upsetting um i i i honestly don't have much to say about it at all i think it's interesting because, like, I was thinking about this in conjunction with Lucy is Jealous of a Girl Singer, which was a really sad episode for me, just thinking about, like, Ricky's, like, Lucy suspecting Ricky of an affair and then Desi Arnaz's actual infidelities. And so it does – every time we watch these episodes where Lucy thinks that Ricky is cheating on her, you know, it, it is sad because it feels like this kind of, like, Fantasia version of – the actual Arnaz marriage, right? Like the idea that, you know, Lucy might be nervous or suspicious because why wouldn't she be? Desi Arnaz is so hot, but then, you know, he only has eyes for Lucy. I don't know why this one just didn't hit me as as hard emotionally as that one did. Maybe because that was the first one and it was so kind of fresh in my mind as an adult. And now it's like, this is just kind of part of it that Lucy's very jealous. Or maybe because this one was really Ricky-centric and it was all about how he wanted to do something nice for Lucy and it was more of a comedy of errors than it was, like, a jealousy-centric episode. Like, she had real reason to believe that he might be cheating, you know, based on the context clues that she'd received. So it just kind of feels like um, a more comedically balanced episode and a less true-to-life episode in that way. I think my problem with this episode is honestly that there's like too many plots and therefore the, and somehow that makes the episode kind of boring. So Lucy thinking that Ricky is going to forget their anniversary and like trying to trick him into remembering when he's remembering all along is its own plot of a show. And then Ricky trying to sneak Lucy a gift And Lucy mishearing it and listening to the context clues and then thinking that Ricky is cheating is another plot to an episode. And to combine them, you can't really do either fully. And so what you end up getting is this weird 
like half episode where the front half is Lucy trying to remind Ricky of something and the back half is Lucy thinking that Ricky's cheating on her. And I just think it would have been better suited if they were two separate episodes. Maybe maybe she thinks he's going to forget their anniversary and that's one that's one episode and really he's like planned a party for her at the club or something. I feel like they did that with her birthday in a later episode. Um and then, you know, this Pearl's plot line should be the focus of this particular episode. Um because you really need it to be more ping pongy. Like sitcom television or at least I love Lucy. Like I love Lucy I think at its best. It it doesn't follow like a bell curve. It doesn't it doesn't just ramp 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 and then have a big climax. And really honestly this episode kind of just goes flat and then goes to a big climax at the very very end. Um and I feel like I Love Lucy does its best when, you know, every other scene has kind of a, a secondary funny thing. So, like, the saxophone, for example, has that really great scene at the club in the middle of the episode. And then it kind of has the plot and builds up. There's no, there's no, um, or job switching has, or job switching has the fight with the chocolate dipper and the explosion of rice and chickens. And then the chocolate factory scene, like, you have to have for this show, this show I think is most successful when it has, you know, a few mini denouements, like mini little climaxes before the final chaotic moments. Or at least it has to have a stronger plot. So I was doing, and, and this episode doesn't have either. This episode is just like trying to do too much and therefore it can't do anything. And so I was trying to think, like, from a writing perspective, how would I punch this up? So I would tighten up the front end. I would get rid of the kitchen scene entirely. I would just scrap the idea that she thinks he's not going to remember. Um, and get Lucy suspicious from the first time that Sam the tuba player gets mentioned, you know, when he's, like, f- playing the fake cello. And I would be like, that was really weird. And then Ethel comes in and, you know, we 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 go from there. And then you add a second act, maybe after Grace calls the second time when Lucy's already, like, annoyed with him or frustrated with him and is suspicious of him and Grace, where she listens on the phone and she tries to catch him or get him to confess or maybe, you know, we have a little moment there where she's – and that ends with her, like, very much convinced. And then we go to the furnace pipe. Because otherwise, there's just so much limited buildup. And then it's like, well, why is she dressed as a painter? Like, I know that Lucy Ricardo always does kind of the most chaotic thing. But I feel like without leading up to this, without her trying other options, uh, it just makes the last five minutes crazy where the first 20 minutes were very calm. And I think there can be a better way to write this. So all in all this, yeah, like I said, this is just kind of meh. My only other note is that Grace Foster is a queen, and I really hope she's happy because she was a great character who was really kind, and I liked that. I liked that she was just, like, really happy to be there and really enthusiastic and supportive. Uh, she was she was great, and I wish she was my best friend because I just feel like Grace is the kind of gal who will bury a body with you in the middle of the woods at night without really asking any questions. And I also feel like she's the kind of gal who – We'll bring you soup if you're sick. And I think she always remembers your birthday and she remembers your favorite color and your, like, aunt that you are really close to his name. Like, I just think Grace is a nice lady. 
So now that that tangent's over, let's go on to some historical notes. So the date circled on Lucy's calendar says that the anniversary is on the 19th. Um, I think later, later Ricky says that their anniversary is on the 7th. That doesn't really bother me. I feel like keeping really like serialized television was still so new. I don't think that people were really worrying too much about continuity at the time. I think that's more of like a current thing where showrunners will write what they call a Bible and it has like all of this history and all the character information so that if they're adding any personal details, they can look at the Bible and make sure that they're not contradicting any previously given information. Sitcoms don't always play by that rule in the first place because they're kind of going for whatever's the funniest, but that doesn't bother me so much. But what was interesting about this to me is that apparently 19 was Lucy's lucky number. And also Lucy and Desi renewed their vows on June 19th. And I'm always interested when they blur the lines between Lucy and Desi and Lucy and Ricky. Uh, In an episode like this, you know, thinking about, again, Desi's infidelities, it does make me, it can make me really sad. But it's also kind of a fun thing. I feel like the show sometimes does a pretty good job winking at the audience and being like, I know that you know who these people are. And then there's a small continuity error uh, where, you know, Ricky says, you know, Ricky's buying her a string of pearls in this episode. It's a whole episode. Um, But then later in the Lucy Desi comedy hour, when they go to Japan, Lucy will talk at length about how she's never had a string of real pearls. And that's the plot of that episode as well. So this woman is pearl obsessed, but she seems to forget when she has them. Or maybe she never gets the pearls because she spilled paint all over Grace Foster's apartment and Ricky had to pay to get that cleaned. Just a thought. Finally, speaking of Grace Foster, she's played by a woman named Gloria Blondell, who voiced Daisy Duck in a lot of the Disney animated shorts of the time, which I just thought was fun. I don't can't really conjure what Daisy Duck sounds like. But I, I thought I thought it was great. And I'll try to find a clip of, of, of her voicing Daisy Duck and put it in the show notes for you just to take a listen to. So that's it. A nice short episode this week. Uh, unfortunately, that's what happens when the episodes are meh. And next week, we are watching The Handcuffs. Oh, I remember The Handcuffs. I watched that one a lot. It was on my VHS tapes that I that my dad had taped from Nick at Night. So here's the logline for that. Lucy's practical joke backfires when she and Ricky are locked together without a key and a pair of Civil War handcuffs. So that will be next week on October 6th. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. It means more to me than you know. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason whatsoever, I'd love to hear from you. I'm on Instagram at the Ricardo Project. Twitter at Ricardo underscore project and by email at the Ricardo project at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast and telling a friend about it. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, you can do so by making a one-time donation via PayPal via the link in the notes. Uh, but honestly, just downloading this episode and taking a listen and getting this far is support enough for me. I really sincerely appreciate it. Please share with a friend. That would be an amazing way to help Have a wonderful weekend. We will be back next Thursday with the handcuffs.